Okay, today's daf is Memtet, 49. We pick up in the middle of Memchadamut Bet, new Mishnah, and we're continuing with topics that relate to the act of Kiddushin. Um, and the Mishnah says as follows, A man says to a woman, marry me with this goblet of wine, and it turns out that it's filled with honey. Or honey, and it's turned with and, and it's filled with wine. with this dinner of silver, and then it's inspected, and you see it's actually gold. Maybe it had rusted or something. It looked like silver. Um, or said gold, and then it was inspected, and it was found out that it was silver. On the condition that I'm wealthy and turns out to be poor, or poor and turns out to be wealthy, obviously very different. One is saying al minat, stipulating on the condition that. That, you know, which makes the whole thing conditional, and um, that might also be a little more relevant to the person, whether the man is rich or poor, um, as opposed to whether the ac- exact object of the um, that was given over for the kiddushin. Um, but in all of those cases, because it was different than what was stipulated, even if you could say you got, you got better, you got silver, excuse me, you got gold instead of silver, or a rich person instead of a poor person, it doesn't matter. It was different than what was said. Now, in the case of Al-Manas, that makes sense. You specifically said on the condition that, and the condition wasn't met. Um, although there may be, the, you could have thought that, uh, you know, that that, um, that that meant even if I'm a poor person or something, or maybe on the condition that is a function of, you know, what her expectations are. But anyway, it's more obvious that when you say on the condition, and the condition isn't met. But how about t- marry me with this silver coin and it turns out to be a gold coin, right? Why should that uh, be a problem? Well, that's what Rabbi Shimon says. Rabbi Shimon Omer, if he deceived her, you know, it doesn't have to even mean intentionally deceived, uh, was misrepresented intentionally or otherwise. The, um, um, but anyway, um, it, and she actually, it winds up being better than what was said. It does work, okay? So um, let's take a look and figure out these issues in the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to break it up into two cases. The first is going to be the object of the Kiddushin, um, and the second is going to be the Almanas. All right, so Tanur Rabbanan, our rabbi's taught. He's Kachili because that. So first we're going to figure out what, before we get to the debate of the Mishnah, when you say with this goblet of wine, do you mean the wine in the goblet? Do you mean the goblet? Do you mean both of them? And the relevance of this question, um, well, partly it's whether she owns it or not, and partly, and, but it's also if it's only going to be worth a pruta if you combine them, or if one of them is worth a pruta and the other isn't. So, he's cutly because that. One bright says that when you say with this goblet, it means including what's in it, um, it and what is in it. Another bright says, only the goblet and not what's in it. That that phrase only refers to what's in it and not the goblet itself. So, Velokaja says the Gemara, it's not difficult or, and they're not actually debating. It just depends on the circumstances. So, major debate in the Rishonim, which is which, I'll just tell you the way Rashi says. If it's the goblet of water, if it's water, so who cares about water? Water is irrelevant. So, he says, I'm marrying you with this goblet of water, you know, it. Basically, the focus is on the goblet. If it is with wine, so wine is um, important, um, but um, but um, it. it um 
would it necessarily mean that it's um, the wine and the goblet? And Rashi actually says because people often say, "Here, have this, ha- have a goblet of wa- have this goblet of wine," and you take a drink and you turn return the goblet. So when you say a goblet of wine, like if I say, "Would you care for a glass of Coke?" and you say, "Sure," and I give you a glass of Coke, you don't uh, go ahead and walk home with the glass. It's understood that I mean, I'm you know, would you like a glass of wine? Here's a glass of wine. You drink the wine, you return it. So a glass of wine means I'm giving you the wine and not the glass. That's that. Case. Case. Um, and habitsira, Rashi says, tzira is a type of oil or uh, fish brine, and that's something that you store for a long time. So if I said, oh, would you care for a jar of my apricot preserves, um, and, and I gave it to you, you wouldn't feel that you had to go home, scoop out the preserves, and uh, give me back my jar. Um, although, maybe eventually when you did use the preserves, you would, wa- you would ask me if I wanted my jar back. But in that case, clearly, for me to give you something, you're taking the thing with with the jar and taking possession of it. So it means only the thing with it. Okay, so those are the three scenarios. All right, now we go on to the real focus of the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon says, if it was misrepresented, deceived, but it winds up being better, the Kiddushin works, whether it's about the money, the object being given, or whether it's about the condition of the person. So we're going to split that up. We're going to first focus on the question about the object being given. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, if I go to a store and I say I want to buy a liter of, of wine and the guy sells me the wine and it turns out that it's vinegar, or if I say I want a liter of vinegar and it turns out that it's wine, I can, either side can say, hey, that was a mistake, I want my money back, or it was a mistake, give me back my wine, here's the vinegar, or vice versa. Now, the fact that it's either side means even though I wound up getting wine and I paid for vinegar, which is half the price, you would think, well, I don't have a right to, to, to say I want my money back, I got something better out of the deal. I mean, the storekeeper can ask for it, but I can't. And the answer is no, both sides can ask for their money back and can ask to redo, you know, to, to reverse the deal because maybe even though wine is more expensive. I'm not interested in wine. I need vinegar. I got a recipe at home for vinegar. So therefore, in this case, you know, people might, even if, you know, honey might be more expensive than wine, it doesn't matter, you know, I wanted wine. Now, the question, of course, is this dinner of silver and dinner of gold, because ultimately that's just about value, right? But Tosu says, no, maybe you're making jewelry. They would do this, you know, make jewelry with precious metals and with coins of precious metals. So, or maybe I want to melt it down and make some jewelry out of it. Um, but if it really was just a question of money, if it was like with this check that says 100, that, that, that you know, for $100, and it turned out that there was a $200 on the check or something, um, that that obviously would, everybody would agree would, would work. I'm just giving you more, and that's totally Lishevach, or at least maybe Shimon certainly would say that that's fine, okay? But in this case, the Gemara says, nobody debates this issue of the storekeeper. So even if it winds up being better, our general assumption is that you ask for something in particular, and it's the wrong thing, so it's not what you asked for. So therefore, you know, it's a, it's, it's a void sale. So even Rebbe Shimon should agree. That's the Gemara's question. Now, of course, you could distinguish, and you could say, if I'm going to a store, my primary focus is I want that object, and I might want one type of object, not another, and that's not a question about value. But when a woman is getting married, you know, accepting something for betrothal, presumably she's not doing it because she needs vinegar for a recipe at home, right? And that's presumably, 
is, you know, there's like she's not really trading herself for the vinegar, um, and that she, you know, she doesn't initiate the whole process because she wants the vinegar. So um, it's a little bit funny that the Gemara assumes that the cases are exactly parallel. Nevertheless, that's what the Gemara said that if you're if you're talking about an object, it might it's not always about value. Difference between a you know that's what a cynic is. He knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. So it's not always about the cost, and therefore even Rebbe Shimon should agree that it doesn't work because it's not what was asked for. It was not what was promised, okay? So how could it be that Rabbi Shimon says it works if it's better, if he doesn't disagree with the case of the storekeeper? So the Gemara says like this. Um, Alma, we see, some people want vinegar, some people want wine. Some people want silver, not gold. Um, and um, So why should Rabbi Shimon say that it works? Okay. Um, I found a Bai that was try- explaining this Mishnah to his son and this position of Rabbi Shimon. And he said, That the problem is not what the wom- when the woman accepted something and it turned out to be different. In that case, The issue is the woman knew what she was getting, but it was the man, what he had given was a mistake. How did that happen? Because we're introducing the idea that there's a shaliach. So the man goes ahead and says to a shaliach, Go marry that off that woman on my behalf, you know, betroth her on my behalf, and use a silver dollar of yours to do it, and I'll pay you back. Okay, that's what he said to him. And he went and he married her off with a golden dinar. Um, and now the guy's going to have to pay him back for a golden dinar. So so the woman knew what she was getting. That's not a question. So the, from her end, she totally had das. The question is, was the man okay using a more expensive coin and now he's going to have to pay more? So Mars Feda, one holds that, what I said silver, I meant specifically silver. Gold, you know, does I, I don't want gold. I, you know, I don't want her to get ideas in her head or I don't want to have to pay you that much money. You just like pointing him in the right direction. You're telling him, you know, silver is sufficient. You want to be nicer and give her even something more, and I'll pay you back for that as well. All right? So that's the question, whether that was included in the husband's intention for the shlichus. The chachamim say, any change, we can't assume he would have been okay with that. And Reb Shimon says, if, he want, if the shaliach gave the woman something more, we can assume that the husband would be okay with that. Okay, so Gemara says, one minute. So, that can't be what's going on. That, that's, I, get the, I get conceptually that works, but that can't be the right reading of the Mishnah. When the mission has the language, marry me with this silver dinar, it should say, be married to him, the guy who sent me. Why does Rabbi Shem say, if he deceived her and it wound up being worth more, he should have said, if he, the husband, was deceived or, you know, forgot, it played out differently than he intended. Um, nimtza, and it says, if it turned out to be work to be gold, there was never any misunderstanding. The shaliach intentionally used gold instead of silver, so that can't be the right reading of the Mishnah. Elam Rav said, "Okay, here, let's try it this way." Me and the lion amongst the group, um, and who is the Ari Shabuchabura? Um, um, excuse me. 
So the Gemara says, So I am the lion in the group, we've explained it. Umanu, who does that mean, the lion among us? So here's how the two of us explained it. Um, so she's got to be the one that it, some misrepresentation happened. That's clear from the language of the Mishnah. But we still want to introduce the idea of the Shaliach to explain that there's some latitude for Rabbi Shimon's position why a mistake might still work. So she said to her Shaliach, Go and accept Kiddushin from that man who's standing over there. Sha'amarli, who said to me, he's Kachili Bidina Shal Kasef. He wanted me to marry him with a diner of silver. So why don't you go there? You know, I told him I needed to think about it. I decided yes. So do me a favor, go there to him and accept that money and accept it on my behalf. And then he, the, this Shaliach went and the man gave him, and instead of a, a, the silver diner, he gave him a gold diner. So now you can explain that it means he said, you know, the man still said, like, marry me with a diner of Kesef, or, or maybe it even means the woman said, the man who said, marry me with a diner of Kesef, and she, it was misrepresented to her, or it was not what was said was being given, but in the end, it's not that she misunderstood, it's that the shaliach, to, you know, was in the middle. How does that make anything any better? So, mar mar Okay, and one says that she was, she was being mockbid, and the other says that, um, that she was just showing him the direction. Um, and what does it mean that it was discovered to be gold? It was wrapped up in, a, in like some type of a wrapping, and when you undid it, you found out that it was actually um, gold and not silver. So what does this mean? It means that if it's directly between the man and the woman, and the man says, marry me with this silver diner, and she says, yes, and it turns out to be a gold one, then the Gemara wants to say that even Rebbe Shimon would say that's no good, because for whatever reason, she might have had her eye on a silver diner, and she might have wanted a silver diner. Doesn't matter that the gold costs more. Okay, but what happened was, she just said, hey, that guy said, marry me with a silver dina, would you go and accept the, the, the Kesef Kiddushin for me? And the Shaliach did it, and it turned out that he wound up in the end giving him a, a gold diner. So in that case, um, you know, because, somehow because there is a Shaliach in the middle, and she's saying, the guy who said give a silver diner, maybe... She's not really, doesn't really care about the silver dinner. Maybe she's really just trying to identify which man it is that she's talking about. Like if she said the guy wearing the purple suit said to me, go ahead and be married to me. And, the guy, and he went and found out that uh, it was, you know, the same guy, the right guy, but he was wearing a different suit. Presumably that's immaterial. So maybe when he says, who said the silver dinner, that was just a way of marimakam, of indicating who it was that was being talked about and not indicating that she really cared about the silver dinner. Now, that all makes sense to some degree, but what's sort of not clear here is she still was told it was going to be a silver diner. So her agreement of yes, even when she meant to make a shaliach, might be contingent on the idea that it was a silver diner. So it's understandable the idea that when you tell a shaliach, go do X, Y, and Z, there might be some in, in some ambiguity as to whether when you say this, do you mean it has to be exactly that way, or are you trying to just point me in the right direction? So if I said the man in the purple suit, you're just trying to point me in the right direction. Said the man who said me a silver diner, maybe you're just trying to indicate what man it is. Okay, and doesn't, but it still doesn't explain why her das becomes more flexible, you know, um, um, at the end result. Maybe we should assume that since she had a shaliach do it, she was empowering the shaliach to make certain decisions. But anyway, that is the way the um, Gemara frames it. Okay, so, 
Amar Bai, said Abai. Rebchim and Rebchim Gamli of Rebbe Yezer, Kulu Sviril Hu, Marim Makam Hulo. So they all are, and this is really where the Gemara was going, because it would seem clear when the Gemara said Kfeder Marimakom, that the Gemara was borrowing that language from a known question about how do you make a shaliach. That's why we automatically introduced this whole concept of shlichos, that this concept already exists. How precise do, do we assume you are when you're telling certain things to a shaliach? So he says there are three Tanaim who say that when you tell things to a shaliach, you know, we can often assume that you're just pointing them in the right direction and not being makbi that it has to be exactly that way. Okay, so it's Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Shimon had the Amran, Rabbi Shimon that we said, that if it turns out being gold, it's okay, because we should say the woman was just pointing him in that direction. She really wasn't makpid on the silver, per se, um, for the shlichus. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, because we taught, get pashat. If you have a get that, that is a simple, flat get, okay, eight of mitocha, you sign the witnesses at the bottom, like, you know, ksuva, any normal document, you sign the witnesses at the bottom. Um, and um, um, if it's a if it's a sewn up get, they would do this for a kohen that a kohen shouldn't get, divorce his wife in a moment of anger and then be unable to remarry her because he can't mar- be married to a grusha. So they wanted to slow down the process. So what they said was, when a kohen is coming to divorce his wife, the way you do it is you write you, you take a document and you leave every other line blank. And then you write the lines of the get, and then you fold over the blank on top of the words, and you sew it. Then you fold over the next blank on top of the words, and you sew it. And then the next blank takes a heck of a lot of time. And then you have something that looks essentially like an accordion or a fan. And then you sign the witnesses on those folds, on the back side, on those folds. And that slows down the whole process. Okay, so Mukusher eight of Mechurav, the witnesses are on the back. If you did a flat get, and but you know not with the folds, but and you signed the aidim on the back, or if you did a makusha get and the aidim signed on the inside, they're both invalid. Rabbi Chanina, any switch is an invalid get. A makusha that the aid of signed on the inside is okay because you can um, not sew, do the sewing, and then you would have a get pusher. You would have a get that was all flat. You'd have a lot of white lines, and somehow that's not a problem, maybe because something might leave, you know, like double spacing. Um, um, so you just don't fold it, and therefore that would be okay. Um, it all goes by the by Minigam Medina. Now, that doesn't seem relevant to this. What's Minigam Medina? We know what the Minigam Medina is. That get is on the back and the, um, that, that Pashat is on the inside and Makushra is on the back. So the Gemara is going to understand that a Kolka Minigam Medina is referring to a different type of a question about when you told a Shaliach to do something, what latitude does he have between these two? But we asked on this. For Tanakama, Lesley Minigam Medina, does the Tanakama not hold of this principle of a Kolka Minigam Medina? So the case is, again, you have to this is a whole discussion in the Gemara over in Baba Basra, we're importing that issue. So the case is, you told the Shaliach, go and write me a get. And he, you know, or go and write me a get Makusher. Go ahead and get write me a get Pashut. And he went ahead and he did it, but maybe, but he did the, something different from what you asked. So, if you if the practice in the, was to write a flat a simple get and he he went and did a get makusher inami or it was to do a get makusher and he did a flat one everybody would agree that definitely you know he was um, you know he's because when he said write a get we just assume it means write a get like the normal way it's done. 
Okay, so everybody agrees that that's kfeda. Um Kipligi, when do they debate? Um, that both uh, Gitin were prevalent in that locale. The and he said to Ishliach, Avdili Pashit, go or the you know the sofa, whatever it is, go make me a get Pashit, which is the easier one. The Azov Avdli Makusha, and he went and he made a Makusha. Mars of Kveda, so you know, uh, so one holds that you're Makpid, that because you switched. Um, then it is no good. Umar Savar and Reb, and the one who says Reb Shimon Gamliel that says Medina means you kept within the practices in this locale, and therefore since you did a makusher, that's also okay. Marim Makam Hulo, he's just pointing a direction. Now, what I failed to mention before is that the idea of Marim Makam Hulo is specifically limited to scenarios where the shaliach does something that is more than you asked for. If it's less than you asked for, obviously we assume you're Makpid. So when you said silver and he went ahead and he did gold, he did more than I asked for. Do we assume when you said silver you meant exactly silver? Or it could even go ahead and, or, or minimally silver. Um, when, you went, when he went ahead and he said here, um, go ahead and just, you know, make me a Pashat, if, if both are acceptable in this locale, did you mean it has to be a Pashat? Did you mean it's okay if it's a Pashat? That suffices. So that's the question about Makpid or or, or Marem Makom, when you, a shaliach does more than is asked, but differently than is asked. Okay, Rabbi Eliezer, what's Rabbi Eliezer? Elazar, excuse me, now we're talking to Mishnah. Yishu shamis kabli giti, giti mi makam ploni. A woman says to a, man, to, to a man, go ahead and be my shaliach, or a woman, um, to receive my get for me, and do it over at the corner of, you know, uh, of, uh, of, of 72nd and Broadway. Okay, uh, the guy, because you know the guy's going to be there. He said he'll meet me seventy second and Broadway. Um, so go get my get from me at seventy second and Broadway. And the shaliach went, and the guy said, you know, let's go. To, let, let's first get a Starbucks or whatever. And they went and got a coffee, and then they came out, and he gave it to him on seventy first and Broadway. So he lo- So what's the issue? So uh, puzzle. It's invalid. Because she said, no, you're my shaliach to accept it on 72nd and Broadway. Reb Lezer says it's okay. So you see that Rebbe Yezer holds that he was just pointing the way. Now, by the way, it seems very clear that it is this case where the concept originated or the language pointing the place before it was being used as a metaphor, showing the direction, giving a general, you know, pointer, general direction. But here, literally, showing the place where he said he would be. And it's also not a case of harder or easier. It's just a different place. Okay, so how much do we assume when you're identifying a place, you mean it has to be that place, or you're just trying to make it more convenient? The other cases are a little different, um, but by analogy, the Gemara is saying is similar to bait, when the shaliach goes ahead and does something different, but maybe more difficult, do we say you were just trying to point it out and make it easy, or do we say you were makbid to do it exactly that way? And that's what we're claiming is going on in our mission with Rabbi Shimon, when the woman is saying, go and get the uh, guy who said he'd give me a silver dinar and gives a gold dinar, was you just trying to indicate who the guy was, or was she saying it has to be a silver dinar? And as I said, what's not totally clear from that is why we assume that, um, you know, that in that case, when it was different than she expected, she'll be okay with it. But maybe because she's putting the shaliach in the middle, she's stepping back a little from that, and we don't assume her kfeda as much. All right. Anyway, the Gemara goes like this. Um, Ula. Now we're going to turn to the second. The Gemara, without announcing it, is now going to turn to the second part of the Mishnah. Almanat that I am a rich, and he winds up poor, poor, and winds up being rich. And here, the Gemara 
um, you know, does not ask the question about wine and vinegar and how could Rabbi Shimon say Lishevach is okay here. It obviously, you know, makes a lot of sense. It's actually a little ironic because <laughs> when it's wine and vinegar, according to Rabbi Shimon, the Gemara says, oh, no, 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 you definitely want, you know, if you said silver, maybe you really only want silver. But here, the Gemara seems to be okay with the idea that if he said poor and it turns out that the guy is rich, that Reb Shimon would feel that we can accept Reb Shimon in face value. We don't talk about a shaliach being in the middle and mare makom. We say if it winds up that the guy is a more, you know, a qualified, uh, you know, more a better marriage candidate. He's, um, you know, he's rich rather than poor. That in that case, actually, you know, Reb Shimon would say. Okay, even though you said on the condition that and the condition wasn't met, she's definitely going to be happier with a rich guy rather than with a poor guy. All right, okay, so, so let's take a look. So, um, so the Gemara says like this. Um, where are we? It says Ula. The debate is when it's, uh, the guy wound up being you know, wealthier than, um, than he said he was. He wound up being rich rather than poor. By the way, what's the reason for the Tanakam that they say it's no good? One, you could just be technically, I said on the condition that I'm poor, I'm not poor, so the condition wasn't met, end of story. Number two is maybe they would say, you know, uh, if we could be certain that she would be okay with him, if she'd be happier with him being rich, you know, then maybe it would work, you know, but maybe some people don't want to have to marry rich people, you know, want that type of a life with all that materialism or who the heck knows what, okay? So that's not clear why the Tanakh Kama disagree. It's, the easiest explanation is the condition was the condition and the condition wasn't met. And Rabbi Shimon presumably assumes even if the condition wasn't met, when you say on the condition that, um, if we can assume the person would be happier with with the, you know, the alternative, then it's okay. And somehow that's better than the wine and vinegar case with, where we're dealing with the object to which, which was created, the marriage, you know, was given for the marriage. So says Ula, the debate is when it turned out that, that the guy was better in terms of his finances. But if it turns out that the guy actually is, has better yichus than he said, he said, on the condition that I'm Yisrael, and he turned out to be a Kohen, on the condition that I'm a Mamzer, and he turned out to be not a Mamzer, everybody would agree it's not good. Why not? My time, why not? Because the woman could say, a shoe that's bigger than my feet. I don't want, I don't want to walk in shoes, you know, in a shoe that's, in, in, in a shoe that's bigger, that's too big for my feet, you know? I, um, so I can't fill that person's shoes. So I'm happier married to a guy that's a lowly status, a guy that's got such a high status, Maybe I don't feel that I can live up to that or that's going to create tension within the marriage or whatever. You know, I never signed up to be the wife of any big fancy Kohen. All right, so quite interesting. Maybe that could also maybe be why the, the Chami might feel the same way about rich and poor. The Gemara doesn't discuss that. So now we're saying Reb Shimon, even though the condition isn't met, Reb Shimon says if it winds up being better, it works um, for her. But the Gemara is saying, but better in terms of Yuchsin is not necessarily better for her. And therefore, Reb Shimon, in that case, would agree it's not Mekudeshet. Okay. Tanya Namihachi, we taught similarly, Moda Reb Shimon, he tell Shevach Yuchs, Shevach Yuchsin, Ena Mekudeshet. It's exactly that. Reb Shimon would agree that if he deceived her and the guy wound up being better from a status issue, a personal status issue, that he is not Mekudeshet. Amar Avachi, Masnizin Amidika, that also is, is, comes, emerges from a close read of our Mishnah. Tiktani, the Mishnah says, Amanat Shani Kohen, because the next Mishnah coming up after this, 
deals with the case, our mission just dealt with poor and rich, and there Rabbi Shimon said, oh, if it's better, she's Mikudeshes. The next mission deals with Cohen and Levi, and Rabbi Shimon does not voice his opposition. The Ketani, I'm not sending Cohen v'nimsa Levi, Levi v'nimsa Cohen, Nisin v'nimsa Mamzer, if he says I'm a Nisin, which is a Givenite, and finds that to be a Mamzer, which Mamzer v'nimsa Nisin, you know, it's Ain Mikudeshes. And below, please, Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon doesn't disagree. So it sounds like Reb Shimon is only voicing his disagreement in poor and rich and not in a question of personal status. Maskifla Marbaravati, Marbaravati says, that's not a proof. Elam Tiktani, because the Mishnah goes on to give another case. If he says, on the condition that I have a, a, a daughter or a, a female servant uh, that, is, uh, uh, that is, you know, older, not, not, a, not a kid, meaning, and therefore able to help out around the house, the um, Ainlo, and he doesn't have, or I don't have and he does have. Also, not Mikudash, the condition wasn't met, and Reb Shimon doesn't disagree. But ultimately, that's a case of being better off financially, having help around the house. So, you know, you can't infer anything from the fact that Reb Shimon doesn't disagree in a later Mishnah that he, he agrees. Because this case about the maidservant or the daughter is certainly one that he should disagree and it doesn't say it. So, Ella Pleiberesha, Reb Shimon voiced his opposition in the beginning in our Mishnah that he says if it winds up being better, it's, it's Mikudeshes. If we didn't save him, that would apply to the cases we're going to discuss after this. Colin, Levy, I have a daughter or a maidservant. I don't have a daughter or a maidservant. But Shimon would disagree with all those and say that if it's better, she's Mikudeshes. Hachanami, So here too, we should assume that he, might, he, he could easily disagree to the case of Cohen and Levy. His silence doesn't mean anything. I said, one minute. How can you say that? I divided Both of them are the case about the maidservant is just another example of having wealth. And therefore, right, you could say that he doesn't have to repeat his disagreement. He already said if the guy winds up being wealthier, it works. Okay, but hacha the case about Cohen and Levi is a fundamentally different category than the category of wealth. Imi said to Polik Nisni, if he if he really disagreed, he should have said it. Okay, so yes, you can infer something from his silence. Uh, if it's an exact application of the previous case of wealth, his silence isn't meaningful. He, he why why do I need to talk? I already said my position. But when you're dealing with something like Yuchsin, he should have disagreed, and the fact that he didn't shows that he agrees. Okay, Ibai Seima, or if you want, I could say Hachanami Yuchsin. The case about having a maidservant or a daughter that's Megudelet is also a case of, uh, a, similar to a case of personal status. And actually, he would, he, he would be agree in this case, that in this case, even having such a person would not, um, uh, the, the, it would not, the condition would not be good. How is this a case of personal status and not a case of wealth? Um, so, Mis, uh, wait, wait, uh, uh, you read the word migudelet, meaning an adult daughter or maidservant. No, that's not true. My migudelet, what does migudelet mean? Gadalat, gadelet. Now, what's a gadelet? So, um, you know, so uh, Raji says it means that she's like an important person. Tosos has a better answer. Tosos says that it means like, it means actually a hairdresser. Okay, now why is that relevant? The Amra, because the Amra, he, the wife could say, I'm 
I don't want her to take my words and go talk amongst the neighbors. So the way Rashi says it is if she's an important person, she'll feel comfortable talking among the neighbors, your daughter or the, your maid servant. But, uh, or the way it tells us that if she's a hairdresser, you know, that's what they do when you're making, doing the hair. You're talking, you're gossiping, and so on. So in those cases, it's similar to the case of personal status. It's not necessarily better that you have that woman who's a hairdresser coming into our house. I could say, actually, that does not make me feel comfortable, okay, because I'm afraid that she's going to spread gossip. All right. So according to this, we're saying that in the case of the next mission of Cohen and Levy and so on, even Rip Jim would agree better isn't necessarily better for her. You know, I don't want a person who has a higher status. I don't want a person who's bringing these strange women into my house and who knows, going to go ahead and spread rumors. Okay. And therefore, Rip Jim actually, and that's why he does not disagree later on. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, now that we're dealing with this on the condition that I'm X, we're going to deal with uh, different conditions the person could say and what is considered to qualify for that position, you know, to say that that condition was met. All right, so, Tana if a person says, you know, that I'm able to read, I'm a reader, okay, if you're able to read three psukim, you got an aliyah, then you're considered literate. Okay, yeah, I read books. So even if you just read comic books, that counts. Okay, but the point being, it doesn't mean that you are some high level. Minimum satisfying of the condition counts. Okay, um, uh, no, a reader here, and again, reader, it has a context of like reader of the Torah. I'm somebody who reads Torah. So once I got an aliyah, I'm able to read Torah. And Rabbi Yudah says, no, reading Torah includes the ability to do tir targum, to read the Torah and to do the Aramaic translation. Um, you don't have to do a lot, but you have to be able to read and to do targum. And, you know, so, so Gemara says, you targum, you daita, what, like translate on your own? Like just, you know, you know, do your own free form translation. If you, you know, that we have to do, Rabbi says there's Targum Unculus. There is the accepted, traditional, Mesorah-based Targum of how to translate what these can mean into Aramaic. And if you go ahead and you want to do, do it on your own, and you're going to be overly literal, even more literal than Unculus, so then you are a liar. Because sometimes the literal meaning of something is not the actual meaning, okay? And Targumunculus gives you the meaning as understood by the Mesorah. Or now you say, okay, well, look, Unculus, you know, does things that are not literal translation. So I'll uh, also do a translation and I'll go ahead and I'll add to what's on, you know, uh, I'll do my own uh, free form, you know, uh, um, additions. And that's, then, you know, you're a liar and you're a blasphemer, you're misrepresenting the Torah. If you're overly literal or if you're overly loose, you're misrepresenting, you have to go ahead and do it exactly as the Targum does it. So when Rabbi Huda is talking about this condition being met, how could he say if you're a, if you do targum, if it's, it's you know to it seems like he's condoning free form translating, which we know he is against. So the Gemara says, targum targum dida. No, it doesn't mean that you're able to do it on your own. It means that you're able to do the accepted targum didan, our our Aramaic translation. <laughs> Understood to be the Targum Onkelis. Okay, so if you said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, re, I, I'm a reader, a Torah reader, that means like, you know, like all you have to do is read three psukim, or read three psukim with the Targum. Like, I read the Torah, okay? Meaning, I read the Torah, I read it, I get it every once in a blue moon, I get an aliyah as long as it's my bar mitzvah parsha. 
if you say like I'm a Baal Kore, I'm a reader with a capital R, then it's that, the condition is only met if you're able to read Tanakh and you're, you're able to read it with Tiktok. You're able to read it with like with high precision. Okay, I'm gonna ask Jenny Shona. If you say I'm a learner, uh, you know, Shona means like Mishnah, meaning it's not like Gemara, it's not like analysis, like it's knowing the the core material of um, Torah Shabbat Peh. So I learn. So, um, you have to learn, like, if you know the halachas of Moshe Misinai, um, if you know Torah, now that's a little bizarre because Shona usually means Torah Shabbat what constitutes Mishnah? Rabbi Meir Omer, halachos, constitutes Mishnah. Interesting. That's what Rashi says halachos means. It could just mean like simple, apodictic types of rulings, you know, that make their way into the, are incorporated in the Mishnah, the Tosefta. Anyway, basic rulings is Mishnah. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Midrash. So Midrash. Now what does Midrash mean? It doesn't mean Midrash like when we talk about the Midrash says, which is, you know, which is called Midrash Agad, Agada, like the one that does more on the narratives of the Torah. We mean Midrash halachos. Sifra, Sifrei, Mechilta, the, like the the rabbinic legal interpretations of the psukim that are also like you know very sort of simple, short Mishnaic type of stuff. The Mishnah is the reorganizing around that and not linking it to the psukim, but you know extracting it from the psukim and organizing it based on theme and topic and so on. Okay, so so my so the one says you're right. My Torah, Midrash Torah. Okay. You're right, you're right, right. When he said Torah, he meant the Midrashim on the Torah. So if you say, I'm, I, I'm a learner, you know, I'm a learner of Torah Shabbat you know, then that means, like, you know, basic, you know, basic halachot, or, you know, you know basic Midrashim halacha. I'm a learner. I'm a Tana, which again is like a title, not just I, have, I learn, but I, I'm a Tana. Tana were the people that really made their job of memorizing all the material. So what does that mean? You have to know everything, all the halachas, all the midrashe halacha, all the toseftas. You got to know the whole thing. Okay. Now, I'm not Shani Talmud. If you say I'm a student, and again, Talmud as opposed to Tana or Tanina here means, you know, like, like, Tarsha means like the Gemara, analysis, not just the memorizing of the material. What, what constitutes satisfying that condition? You don't say like Shimon and Shimon Zoma who were called Talmudim because they never got smicha, even though they were the biggest Talmudim, Chachamim, you know, of their generation. Something that you can ask him, one thing from all the things he learned, that's the way Rashi reads it, you could read it, you can ask him from anywhere he was supposed to have learned, you know, and he has to be able to answer. But Rashi says, much more generous read, and it sounds like this, that this is the shot, you know, if, if, if you're able to ask him from one thing, top area that he's learned and he's able to give you a good answer, that means that he's a Talmud. Okay? The Omron, he's able to explain it. Even in Meseches Kala, which is a very easy area of um, study. Okay? So he learns. But if he says, on this condition that I'm Osage, by the way, Talmud and Chacham. But it used to be that the Chachamim were the ones that had smich and they were the sages. Talmud Chacham was a student of the Chacham. So Chacham is obviously at a higher level. So what constitutes a Chacham? 
Ain't no amin kichachme Yavne like the sages of Yavne, Rabbi Akiva, Chaver, Rabbi Akiva, and his uh, colleagues. El kosher shorin lo sod var chachma b'chol makom va'omra. As long anything that you ask him a matter of analysis and chachma, right, and and he's able to answer. And Rashi, by the way, says it's not even in learning. If he says, like say he says, what? Well, where's your chachma? Well, in uh, physics. Okay. Well. You know, help, help me understand this 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 physics issue, all right? So you know this question this question I have about 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 biology or about math or about art, okay? So that's it. I said I'm a chacham. I'm a chacham in my own area, okay. I'm an Avshani Gibor on the condition that I'm valorous. Um, or like you know, mighty, powerful, like these major generals. Anything that his you know uh, friends are afraid of him, like you don't want to get into a fight with so and so, you know. Okay, um, because afraid of him, right? Because uh, you know of his power, of his of his strength. I'm an uh, physical strength. I'm an Adsani Ashir, on the condition I'm rich, our case in the Mishnah. Amon Kribal Yezer ben Kharsom and Kribal Yezer ben Azariah, who are extremely wealthy people. It doesn't mean like, you know, Jeff Bezos or whatever. Um, so, Ella, anybody that's considered rich in his social context and people respect him because of his wealth, give him honor because of his wealth. I'm an Akshani Tzadik, on the condition that I'm righteous, I feel Russia Gomor Mikudeshes, even if the guy was known to be a complete wicked person, she's married, why? Maybe at that moment, you know, he decided to do Tshuva. Now, this is actually quite fascinating because this is the first place where there's a Shema so, so the post can basically say she's suffering from Mikudeshes. The other cases, we were saying what is the minimum satisfying of the condition. This is Shema, maybe, or maybe not. So it's only suffering Mikudeshes. The other point is, you know, Rav Salvechik descri- discusses this, this Gemara in his Allah Kuva, because as normally we talk about Kuva requiring, you know, Vidoy Peh, you have to verbally acknowledge it, you have to do Harata, you have to do, you know, Kabbalah Asid, you have to be Maratas Chavero. But he says there's two aspects. There's tshuva to forgive the sin, which is that process that we were talking about. But he says, then there's the question of who are you? You know, your personal transformation. And some people could have a split-second momentary, you know, miraculous transformation in terms of who they are as a human being and can go from being a Russia to a tzaddik. It doesn't happen often. But that's, that's why he didn't say on the condition I did tshuva. He said, on the condition that I'm a tzaddik. And who knows, maybe all of a sudden he finds the right woman and he now has completely turned his life around. Okay. Um, uh, okay. tzaddik. Um, if he says on the condition I'm a tzaddik, a few Russia gummer mukudeshes. Even if he's a total Russia, she's mukudeshes. Again, Suffolk mukudeshes. I'm sorry, did I skip a line? I'm not any tzaddik. I feel Russia. No, I'm sorry, I just did that. I'm not any Russia on the condition that I'm a Russia. I think with tzaddikamur, even if he had been known to be a tzaddikamur, maybe he had a thought of being over of a czar. Somebody could be a tzaddik their whole lives, you know, and then have a complete transformation to evil. All right, I guess thrilling and terrifying at the same time. All right, so that's what satisfies. Now, since we're talking about all these things, rich and poor and wise and not wise and all that, we're going to end with a little agadita. 
Ten measures of wisdom came down to the world. Tisha not Nine were were taken by Israel, the land of Israel. and one the rest of the world. Ten measures of beauty. not Nine were taken by Jerusalem. one the rest of the world. Ten measures of wealth. Tisha not Nine were taken by the early Romans. one the rest of the world. Ten measures of poverty. Nine were taken by Babylonia. The Tamidi Chachamim in Babel were very poor. Vechad Kolam Kula won the rest of the world. Asar Kavim Gasus Yardololam of you know ten measures of of like haughtiness came down to the world. Tishanat Laelam nine were taken by Elam. Vechad Kolam Kula won the rest of the world of the world. The Gasus the Babylon. Achaz Lord says one minute. I thought haughtiness was a trait of Bab of Babel. I lifted up my eyes. This is Zuchari talking, and I saw two women were going out and there was wind in their in their wings they had wings like the wings of the chasidah stork they lifted up the this measure between the heavens and the earth and I said to the angel where are they bringing this measure to build a house in the land of Shinar this is flattery and haughtiness that went down to Bavel. That's where they were bringing it. So you see the haughtiness is primarily in Bavel, not in Elam. So the says, in, yes, it went to Bavel, and then it rolled and found its way to Elam. It started in Bavel, but it, wound, it ended up in Elam. Um, it's also can be a that says to build for her house, to build the house, but the house was never built. That is a good proof. Now, is this really true that Elam has you know, has Gasus and not Bavel. Tamar Mar, Simon Legasus Anios, that a sign for haughtiness is poverty. Vanios Bavel Udiika, we know poverty is in is in Bavel, like we just said. So it says no. My Anios, Anios to Anios to Torah. Anios means Anios of Torah. But if you're haughty, then you do not you don't you know you're just okay with your learning. You don't work hard to make sure you understand it. You don't you don't become more, you know, you don't give yourself over to other people and make self-sacrifice. So that's the problem. We have a, a young sister and she does not yet have breasts. This refers to Elam, which is the place of haughtiness, which we said. There were people there who learned Torah, but they never merited to produce teachers of Torah uh, because they were too haughty to ever get that level of knowledge to be able to really teach others. Ten measures of uh, of, of, of strength um, went down to the world. Tasha not Lu Parsim, non for Persians, the one the rest of the world. We're, we're not bothering ending the sentence. Asara Kavim Kinim Yardulolam, nine ten measures of lice. Um Tisha not la Madai. Nine were taken by the by the Medes. Asara Kavim Kshavim Yardulam, ten measures of witchcraft. Tisha not Mitraim, nine were taken by the Egyptians. Asara Kavim Nagaim Yardulolam, ten measures of uh, leprosy or whatever, Nagaim. Um Tet not Lu Khazir, nine were taken by the uh, uh by, by, by the pigs Ten measures of licentiousness. Nine of them were taken by Arabia. Of like brazenness. Nine were taken by Mesha. Ten measures of, of idle chatter. Nine were taken by women. Okay, so there's the Gemara's attitude about that. 
Asar kavim shichrus yardu olam ten measures of donkiness. Tisha not lukushim nine were taken by Ethiopians. Asar kavim shina yardu olam ten measures of sleep. Tisha not avadim nine were taken by slaves. The achad not lukolam kulo and one the rest of the world. And we will end with this.